0: Welcome, one and all, to the first edition of the Comics Corner Podcast, featuring Travis and George, Jason on the recording. Hey, guys. Hi. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, just taking our first baby steps into the world of, uh, you know, dedicated comic podcasting. Uh, This has been uh, a feature in the AU Radio podcast uh, since it's pretty much since its inception, uh, pretty close to it, if not. And we're just kind of taking some time out to do it in more of a full fashion. Um, I I think at the beginning, it was a lot like a a gorilla thing. Just
1: all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they'd be like, and what's new? And then we'd we'd have to like
0: quickly think of, hey, oh crap, what came out this week? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it slowly but surely evolved into a finely tuned system that we are now giving its own chance to breathe. Well-deserved. People tune in for that, so
2: it's going to be good to have a deeper dive with you guys.
0: Yeah, it should be good. Um, So, yeah, we're going to tackle this by kind of going over the stuff that's coming out this week. Um, We'll take a little bit of a a tangent to talk about older stuff, Um, whether it's a particular series or writer or artist that we really like that we want to give a little shout-out or... Um, just a little throwback information to uh, give you some stuff to kind of dig into if you end up liking uh, that particular thing because um, it's been it's been crazy the last few weeks with things
1: ending new titles coming back and getting ready for even more
0: claws and stuff <laughs> indeed indeed um yeah i mean they've been doing a lot of building up and whatnot. Uh, Yeah, they've been, I guess that that brings us into uh, I guess we should just start talking about the comics for the week, I guess, right? Yeah. That would be ideal. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good.
1: Welcome to Comics Corner. We're going to talk about coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a
0: plan. Uh, You want to start it off? You want me to start it off? Uh, uh, You can start it off. Alright. We got um, one of the things that I've been uh, kind of Uh, back in the horse of on the regular podcast is the new run of Spider-Man with Nick Spencer writing and Ryan Otley on the art and uh, Ryan Otley is arguably my favorite comic artist just because of his work on Invincible with Robert Kirkman is just some of my favorite comic book art uh, ever and he's doing a really really good job uh, bringing his kind of high impact style to Spider-Man yeah it's been looking really cool Uh, I haven't read any of it but I flip through it when it comes in Definitely. He he's about as close to like somebody not to say that they have the same style at all, but um, but when Todd McFarlane was doing Spider Man back in the nineties, like people called it the like the spaghetti webbing. Oh where yeah. just like it was just wrapped <laughs> around everything and every weird angle that it possibly could. And he's not he doesn't go to that extreme, but he definitely does a really good job like making the the art look really kinetic. Like in the especially in like the webbing, the action scenes just his, his punches are insane. <laughs> like, nice. the impact you can just feel on the page. He's like the, the crosshatch
1: king right now, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got a couple of crazy different styles. Uh, fun fact, uh, I actually had Ryan Otley... Uh, my wife and I had Ryan Otley draw us for our wedding invitations. What? And so instead of just having like a picture to send out to everybody, we had Ryan Otley, we asked him, which we weren't sure if he was going to say yes or not, Um, but at Emerald City Comic Con, we were like, hey, so we love your art. Would you be willing to draw us? And he took a second to think, and he kind of pulled out his phone and did some math and calculating and whatnot, probably trying to figure out how long he thought it would take him to do that. And he said yes, for, for a particular price. He uh, he was cool with doing that. And so it's always fun to go back and talk to him because he kind of remembers us because he stood, you know, like he sat there looking at our faces for probably like six or eight hours. Well, that's <laughs> a unique request, too. That's yeah. very
2: cool. I didn't know that,
0: George. Yep, 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 yep. I, that's uh, super apropos for you, you and your wife as well. We, I got, I, I. Pop the question at Emerald City Comic Con, so it's about as nerdy as you can get. But but she said yes, so you know it all worked out. You weren't in full furry costume at the time, were you? Okay.
2: Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's much more romantic than than mine. I,
1: it was. I was on my porch, and we were just like, oh, "You want to just do this?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey,
1: but
0: that's you. That, but that's you guys. That's awesome. It's like <laughs> whatever works. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, uh, oh yeah, and then I was going to say I, I'm taking, uh, I'm liking what Nick Spencer is doing with uh, the idea of Spider-Man, kind of taking the the age-old power and responsibility kind of duality of the character and removing them. Uh, it's a slight spoiler. You see on the cover that there's Spider-Man and then there's also Peter Parker. Uh, it's you know it is oh, well yeah it. that that classic uh, yeah right Spider-Man versus Peter Parker. But the way What's that, this all about? Right. And of course, you know, so tiny spoiler, but the cover mostly goes over that anyways. Um, but he's kind of taking the idea that the complete personality types that, that fall into, you know, Peter Parker on one side and Spider-Man on the other. Uh, and kind of removing the responsibility from the power and the power from the responsibility. And it's going to probably come crashing down all around him like things usually do. So that should be interesting.
1: Nice. Yeah. There was... Uh I forget the writer, but he was, he was working on, like, some of those one-offs on uh, Detective Comics, was doing the Miles Morales Spider-Man uh, annual. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, uh, promises to be a l- little bit darker than some of the ones that had been coming up.
0: Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, well, since, since Bendis has kind of jumped ship and Miles was his character, it'll be interesting to see who kind of takes the helm and what direction they bring him in. Yeah. But I've, I've loved Miles ever since he kind of got, you know, dropped into our laps when... The uh, Ultimate Spider-Man had, you know, bitten it way back in the day. It was got like eight years ago now. It's, it's been a while. Miles has been around for not quite a decade, but for a while. Not not a huge Spider-Reader, but... That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, we, we have one of them up here, so, they, you know,
1: yeah. fit the bill. I loved him as a kid, though, because it, it would always... Uh, he was the first one that, like, caught my eye. It was like, hey, that guy doesn't... is He's not this hulking gross looking muscly guy mm-hmm. he just looks like any rather you know random dude <laughs> indeed I, and i could get behind that
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah but, I, but I, then i discovered wolverine and i was like hey that guy's cool he's got knives
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got knife <laughs> fingers so yeah that was a uh, so spider-man has been interesting it's a uh, it's a good time to be a fan we
1: were kind of talking on the on the other show i read uh she could fly which oh yes. Yes. I'm I'm just loving so far. It's just this crazy trip, if you will, <laughs> through this uh this girl that's not exactly mentally stable who gets obsessed with this person that keeps being uh she's spotted like flying through the air over the city. Hmm. And then one day she just explodes. <laughs> and nobody knows what's going on and uh through the first couple issues, you kind of f- find out that there's uh, like this government shadow agency that's that may be behind it, and behind the powers or behind the exploding, be, behind uh, you know how she was able to fly. Okay, cool. Because that's the big question: who is this? Who you know? Because nobody knows who it is. Because you know, there's, there's not really, an... she exploded, so there's not enough to, <laughs> to, to figure really, it out figure out who she was. But this girl was just absolutely obsessed with her. But she also has this huge problem with reality.
0: Mm, that so, that was made very clear in the first issue. Yeah. She, <laughs> she has these crazy visions of, of these horrible things happening. And then she kind of pulls back to reality and things are just yeah. And, and issue two leaves off with just this huge cliffhanger
1: that just both of those things come to a head. You know, the secret people and her crazy brain.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm look, really looking forward to reading more of that. That's, and that's in the, in the kind of cool little pocket of Dark Horse books that's being curated by Karen Berger, who, is, who was once uh, a huge deal over at Vertigo, um, but she was very unceremoniously uh, fired from that company, and ever since, she's, kinda, she's hopped around to Image for a little while and did a few books over there with them, and she's now currently camped out at Dark Horse, and she's doing some really cool stuff with the writers and artists and things that are involved, of course. But yeah, good stuff. I mentioned on the, uh, on the other podcast, but I gotta give it a shout out here, what is potentially very sadly the end of a uh, current favorite of mine, uh, Maestros uh, by the wonderful Steve Scrocy on art and uh, the writing. Uh, just it's, this comic is lousy with wizards and magic and crazy <laughs> reality bending things. And I know I'm gonna miss the the covers coming through. Oh They're my god, so beautiful! They're so good, <laughs> and it's it's just a crazy story. If you you know if you're into you know the weird high fantasy stuff, D and D and all that, it's a uh, it's a pretty trippy ride. But it's uh, it's really really good. Definitely for the more you know mature readers,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Um, There were a lot of other things that came out this week that are definitely worth uh, giving a shout out, even though the collective group here hasn't gotten around to reading them yet. Uh, The downside of recording a podcast, uh, you know, when new media comes out every single week, is there's a lot to go through. Um, Wanted to give a shout out to a handful of things, though. The Sandman Universe, number one. Being curated by Neil Gaiman himself, uh, and then written by uh, like a, a nice cadre of of really really good writers and uh, some fantastic artists, are kicking off what is effectively like a relaunching of the Sandman property. They've had lots of different titles in the past, but they're going to start expanding again. On they have the Dreaming. Do, 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 do. Oh, I, yeah, should have, I forget I should what have they're all called. Yeah, I will I will have that information momentarily. <laughs> uh, that was that was always one of those titles that.
1: Looking back, I just kick myself for not taking uh, the advice of our local comic shop guy, Paul. Sorry, Paul. Hey, Paul. You tried to get me to read it, and I, and I just didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and it's actually it's, it's on my bucket list of comics to read, too. I still haven't read um I haven't read uh, other than a chunk of the prequel story that they came out with recently which I figured was an a weird appropriate place to start even though it's literally the last thing that's been published other than this new stuff uh, but they did Overture Neil Gaiman did with J.H. Williams the Third, and that was a gorgeous book like beautiful beautiful artwork and it's apparently the story of what came immediately before Sandman whatever it's the event that kind of started the, the oh, war yeah. of sorts huh. not having read Sandman I only know so much but but yeah, so and, and then they had that kind of like where
1: they they had that universe kind of poke its head in during the uh, the metal storyline.
0: Right, right, and that's that was that was super super out of left field to a lot of people. But yeah, uh, the, the the dream I feel like came to him, or was yeah, it, was it Sandman it, himself? Uh, I, yeah, not really being familiar with the characters
1: and not a hundred percent on who that guy was. <laughs> And you know I think I looked it up at the time and I was like, Oh, okay, it's a guy from Sandman. Right, right, right. And so
0: this is this is us admitting that we know little about that universe. <laughs> Sorry, Very authoritative. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, we'll we'll get on our old school to ago and we'll do a we'll do a feature on it when one of us gets around to starting to read that. That'll be fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll have to have Jen on because she she's been reading it. Oh nice. And Hannah, I think Hannah's big into it too. I feel like that sounds right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We got some resources. We just didn't use them. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll probably I feel like we will um, as we go along, we'll start to have people come up and, you know, talk about what they're passionate about. I know uh, at least a couple of uh, other employees here at Adventures. Joy
1: was she wanted every every cover that we got.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice. Of the Sandman ones. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. Very nice. Um, Yeah. Moving on from Sandman, we got um, Catwoman number two uh, by the wonderful Joel Jones. Uh, who has been kind of working on and off with Tom King on the regular Batman run, kind of on the on the arcs that kind of feature a little bit more of Catwoman. So it's an awesome fit to have her start her own series over there. We also have Superman number two over at DC, once again by Bendis, who is taking over that entire line effectively. I heard that this one was pulling
1: one of the one of the bad guys from one of the movies. Like, oh really?
0: like Nuclear Man or some something like that huh from one of the like the Christopher Reeve movies yeah oh wow (laughs) I hadn't heard that that's awesome interesting choice but yeah
1: yeah let's let's pull from here but that's kind of what what the whole Snyder team is doing aren't they They, they're kind of pulling back and doing the Legion of Doom and it's true it's true they are kind of going that old school Super Friends (laughs) kind of feel
0: I but making it cooler right right (laughs) I I I am really enjoying Justice League. I I liked a bit that came at the end of the New 52 that Jeff Johns wrote. It was like a a whole Dark Side War thing that they were doing. Um, And that was just crazy bombastic, you know, like event-style storytelling just in the Justice League comic. And now Scott Snyder is kind of doing that again with all of this crazy stuff with the broken universe source wall and all the stuff that happened in metal that's just bonkers crazy off the deep end. He's just grabbing all those random pieces and... And running with it. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess story-wise he can do because, I, I, like, their excuse for all of this crazy stuff happening is the fact that the uh, they broke the universe. They literally broke yeah. the universe, and now, like, <laughs> almost anything can slip through the cracks of, of you know, existence, I guess. An excuse <laughs> to have
1: three Justice Leagues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, moving on, uh, we have also highlighted in the... Um, in the main podcast, but just a delightful, crazy, weird, kind of creepy uh, thing. It's a ball of chaos. It's called Farmhand by Rob Gilroy, Um, which I'll get to. Uh, I'll, I'll mention him again later when I talk about how crazy back and forth everybody in the comics industry is with working with each other. <laughs> it's There's a whole like conspiracy corner that Katie could do about how everybody's working with everybody at the same time. It's been a really fun story so far. It's, yeah. There, there's so many things going on
1: with the weird farm that grows body parts and then you have the whole family history between him and his dad and all these things that keep popping up.
0: And the Etsy store that sells chog hats at the back. The whole throwback (laughs) to Chew in here which was the book that uh, Rob Gilroy had uh, drawn before this one. So if you're a Chew fan there's a weird little Easter egg for uh, for for that comic in here too. Did you have any others that you wanted to throw in on? I really just read those two this week. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: by the time I get home after doing all the comments, <laughs> I just want to sit. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Stare at a blank wall for a little while. My my old man comes out.
0: I just want to sit and watch my programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. So yeah, that's uh, I guess it's a good time to bring it around to Fantastic Four number one. Uh, which is maybe a weird one to give a little bit more of a shout out because they're not necessarily the most popular Marvel property, but they're getting Dan Slot hot off of his insanely long run on Spider-Man over onto this book. And they have wonderful artists, um, primarily Sarah Pacelli, who had actually worked with Bendis on a lot of the Miles Morales Spider-Man stuff um, yeah. in, in the early days of that run. Uh, so you have the makings of an awesome, like fun, great, like solid superhero story. And I, I read this comic and I, I really liked it. I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan in general, but, I was confused as to where everything had left off before this. And then I remembered that I never finished reading Secret Wars, which was arguably the last big story that, that had featured the Fantastic Four um, and moreover the entire Marvel Universe. But um, they definitely had a particular focus uh, since Doctor Doom was the big bad guy behind that entire event. So with Doctor Doom being the bad guy, of course, the Richards family and everybody are going to you know, try and stop yeah, they-
1: him. The last thing I ever, the last thing I read with uh, Fantastic Four was way back at the first Civil War, oh. where where they were just there was just so much infighting with the group, and yeah. and then Sue took off, and
0: <laughs> yep, it's that was a that was not their happiest family moment. No. Nope. Um, so, anyways, it's uh, as it left off. The group has been broken apart. Um, the end of Secret Wars left. The Richards family, um, adults and kids, basically stranded, lost in the multiverse. They were effectively... Uh, spoilers to Secret Wars, so I guess if you don't want spoilers to Secret Wars, you know, maybe jump ahead a minute or so. <laughs> uh, but effectively, they had a, they had a universe engine uh, in the form of a guy named Miracle uh, Molecule Man, who had no. been the source of power behind all the bad things that were going on for the whole story arc. Uh, but then... Um, uh, Richard's the Younger, uh, their son, has like godlike abilities where he can kind of just create matter and things. And so between him and Molecule Man, they were basically restarting the universe after it had been broken completely in Secret Wars. And that was where it left off. And as far as I know, they haven't really poked their heads up until now. So they've kind of just been on the back burner. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I ran into Molecule Man when I was reading through the, the Ultimates. Okay, yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, all this cool stuff's coming up, and I should read this. Mm-hmm. And then he showed up, and Galactus was afraid of him.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense. It's like, oh, wow, this, this is a heavy hitter. Yep, yep. And he's, been, he's actually been behind a lot of the really weird things that have kind of been reality-bending yeah. things in the DC universe. I think uh, Norman Osborn was making use of him when he was in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. when, or sorry, Hammer, which is what he called his version of S.H.I.E.L.D. when that had gotten all dismantled and whatnot after the events of Civil War. There's, oh, man, the events for Marvel's history are, are... I I admit, I love I love reading them, and I was kind of remiss that I had never finished um, Secret Wars, so it was a nice excuse to get back to finishing that last night. I'm, I'm not familiar with Molecule Man. Can you uh, go a little more
2: in-depth into, like, what he does? <laughs> yeah. The name sounds interesting. He basically just does whatever he wants. Does he, like, interact with others at a molecular level or something? Or Pretty is much. Is he, so like, the man storyline
1: where I ran into him... Uh, the, this uh, celestial, like universe, this living universe, basically was was trying to destroy reality because why not? <laughs> and then Galactus was trying to stop him after the Ultimates uh, had like fixed him basically. So he was instead of the uh, the destroyer, he was the life bringer, mm. and and so he was trying to stop that thing from happening. And then just out of nowhere, this door appears. And inside that molecule, man was just kind of hanging out in this. This like o- a white room. Yeah, this
0: yeah. this
2: other reality that he created for himself. That's usually where he
0: hangs out when he's not
2: doing anything. <laughs> like the weird old guy from the Matrix Two.
0: Uh, kind of yeah. So he like he got imp- imprisoned by Doctor Doom during the events of what led up to Secret Wars, and he basically was the 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 power source for this weird stitched together reality that he had it gets crazy Dr. Doom like killed these celestial beings and took their power of being a god and was able to basically recreate reality and Molecule Man was what helped hold that all together Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's not a great explanation, but it's... He's, he's like an interdimensional kind of being then or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah. be Omega-level power or something like that. I don't know. They have weird classifications in the with, Marvel Universe. With the personality of a snarky jerk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Part of actually, when it all comes tumbling down for Doctor Doom in the story is when uh, two guys go and visit him in his little white room, and neither of them brought him a burger. So he's <laughs> like, all right, I'm just going to let you guys fight it out. I'm not going to back you anymore. <laughs> so, he was hungry. He, nobody, nobody thinks to bring him food. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got that feeling from the,
1: the stuff I read. If if you get Galactus just kind of sitting there being
0: all super self-conscious about, you know, what do I say to this guy? Yeah. How yeah. do I act? Uh, that brought me around to what I wanted to kind of... I mean, we've kind of deep dove into a bunch of stuff already, but um, but it, everything... I. I mentioned Conspiracy Corner last week, and I feel like Jonathan Hickman's presence was everywhere in comics this week, but he was not present on the shelf. Up to and including the Secret Wars relationship, uh, we have Esad Ribic, who did the art in Secret Wars, has a new volume out. It's uh, Versus. Uh, him and Ivan Brandon did this crazy gladiatorial thing. I've mentioned it on the podcast a couple times. So there's that there. Esad Ribic, who also worked on Secret Wars, and Versus uh, also is the cover artist of Fantastic Four number 1 this week. Farmhand, going back to the other one, had been worked on by Rob Gilroy, who did Chew with John Lehman, who is the one who wrote Leviathan, who has art by Nick Batera, who did Manhattan Project with Jonathan Hickman. It all comes back to Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, he's a wonderful, wonderful writer, and he has a knack for starting projects and not necessarily continuing them as fast as everybody would want him to, up to and including Secret Wars, which ended up taking like 10 or 11 months for what was supposed to be originally an eight-issue series that turned into nine. It, it took a really long time to come out. <laughs> it might have been more than a year. Um, but when he does get around to finishing the things that he starts, he almost always lands, sticks to landing, in my mind. I'm sure other people would argue, but but they're uh, wrong. They <laughs> <laughs> and and they can do that. They they can they can have their own opinion. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh that's just my weird little web of of weird and that was <laughs> I was going to mention it's a, a really easy thing within the world of comics to to follow creators and artists that you really like. Like that's honestly one of the things that I recommend most is if you find somebody that you really enjoy Go and figure out what the other stuff they did, like before or after, and and just dive down that rabbit hole. It's it's a really cool thing to kind of get a sense of you know somebody's style of writing. I, this obviously this holds true in every you know form of created media that you know people's style will make an impression on whatever it is that they're creating. And I happen to really enjoy Jonathan Hickman's uh, you know impression that he leaves. So yeah. Anyways, thanks. well put, George. Thanks. <laughs> so that was my i guess jonathan hickman deep dive of the week it wasn't even as long as some of the other stuff we've been doing but (laughs) we'll uh we'll probably trade off episode to episode or what have you when somebody's got something to kind of go down a rabbit hole we'll uh we'll follow that down whatever our fancy might be (laughs) truth indeed (laughs) so you mentioned that you uh maybe had a little list of stuff that was coming out next week yeah there's there's some pretty cool stuff coming out
1: next week uh like the extinct uh, the extermination event starts next week with the x-men okay uh the original x-men team uh gets uh like blasted through time and then they they come out and they have to figure out how to fix all this really bad stuff that happens they get blasted through time a lot don't they yeah (laughs) poor guys (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> coda number four comes out Ooh, nice so we get to find out what uh what happened with the mystery woman that uh killed the uh the, the thundergog at the at the end of the last one Ooh, uh, and the end of the the batwoman series is next week okay they say it's, it's the end of the series, for now, anyway. Right. It's uh, She'll still be showing up in, like, detective comics and all that. Gotcha. And then I'm sure in a couple months they'll just start up another one.
0: But <laughs> I'm sure they won't have anything to do with when they're restarting a TV show for her. No? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Batman 53 <laughs> comes out, so we get to find out. Uh, oh, my God. I got a jury duty summons in the mail. Did you really? I did. <laughs> you are Bruce Wayne. Oh my God! I was so <laughs> bummed out, but I was like, "Wow, this is, I get to go through it
1: with Batman." <laughs> but in in fifty three, they're 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 talking. They're, there's an opportunity for Bruce Wayne to just hang up the cowl. Oh, with the events going on, with oh. uh, with with Dick taking the mantle mm. while he's. Uh, Doing, doing his civic duty. Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> Which not not the first time that's happened. Dick Grayson has taken over for Batman before. Yeah, it was while he was gone, but still. But now he's
1: all depressed, and yeah. you know, has well, has that opportunity. Is he going to take it? I don't he, know.
0: Uh, he had a well. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, we we could talk about it. He, I mean, he's bummed out that he had a runaway bride. You know, like yeah. you know, you were all excited to to get hitched, and then. The other person just decides to tap out. It's uh, he's bummed out, and he's taking it out on the people that he's on jury duty with. Rightly so. <laughs> there's a there's a crossover continuing from this week's
1: uh, Suicide Squad, uh, running into Aquaman thirty nine. Oh, cool. That's happening next week. Very nice. Uh, Ice Cream Man Ooh. continues next week. God, I love that series. Uh, Infinity War number two, uh, Stellar cool. I, I didn't get to
0: read that one. Did you read that one? I, I actually picked it up and brought it home, but that week I had probably like seven or eight comics that I didn't get around uh, to reading, unfortunately.
1: Looked, it, lo- it looked really cool. It does, yeah. Thor number four comes out next week. Uh, Very nice. Baby Teeth continues. Awesome. That one was great. I need to get caught up on that, that wonderful story of a little demon baby that gets born, and then his, his horrible little raccoon monster that starts hanging out with him. Oh, nice. Is it is the mother around? The the mother's still around. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of bad stuff that happens.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But it's a it's a great story so far. Lots of cool stuff coming out next week. Very nice. And then I wanted to throw it in there. Um, if anybody has questions, suggestions. Um, for, you know, things that we talk about here on the show or, you know, potentially something you were curious about. Within reason, we can definitely take those into consideration and see if we can uh, throw in a a listener spotlight if that happens to be something that is uh, relevant or available. If you would
2: like to reach out to us, uh, for the time being, we'll just use the podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And we can uh, get your messages there.
0: In the coming weeks, we'll have uh, we'll have more specific to us. We'll probably end up creating a dedicated email, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that would yeah. be wise. So with that, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more comics.